Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for joining us for this week's message from Riverside Church. I believe you will be inspired and blessed by the Word of God. We'd love to welcome you to one of our services next time you're in the Brisbane area. If you'd like to know more about us, go online at www.riversidecc.org.au or like us on Facebook to hear about up-and-coming events. I hope you enjoy the message. God bless you. Good morning, church. How are you today? Are you happy? I'm very happy to be back here. It's been a long time since we've been here and a lot of water has gone under the bridge since I was here last and gone through this church, I understand, but uh, it's gone under our bridge as well. We've had a, a big journey since we were here five years ago since I was here last and uh, we've had an amazing journey. Of course, the world's gone mad since, since I was here as well, but we spent five months in 2020 in America connecting with a ministry called Christ for All Nations. You may have heard of the evangelist Reinhard Bonnke. So we were there connecting with that ministry and uh, what has happened since that in 2021, I took uh, five teams. In fact, we were going to do seven festivals. These are big gospel crusades. So I took teams with me and and uh, we did uh, five gospel crusades in Tanzania. And we're going to throw you, throw you some pictures of this year. Last year, we did uh, 2021, we did five crusades. And we saw 76,000 people come to the Lord. And this last year, we did, um, we did three in Tanzania. We had 82,000 people come to see Jesus, come to know Jesus. So just flick through these ones, the schools. So we'd go into the schools and literally we'd be speaking to uh, tens of thousands of kids. In fact, just this last year, we gave away 105,000 follow-up books to the kids in the schools after sharing with them and seeing them all just respond to the Lord, pray with us. It's just amazing uh, harvest field there. We've got a little, little video to show you how the kids are when we leave the school. They're all excited. They're all singing One Way Jesus. <laughs> And then we go from the schools to the Crusades. And uh, so we, have, we go into the towns where we work with multiple churches, anything from like 70 plus churches in a town. And, and uh, this town, Mafinga, uh, is a great crusade. We had about 32,000 people give their lives to Jesus in this town. But we'll show you a little video now of what the crusade kind of feels like and looks like. On, so it's a bit, of, a bit of action. The crowd gets really into it. It's very exciting. So this is the type of dance moves that you've got to pick up when you're over there. I taught this guy everything in you, actually. Uh, all the wiggles and everything. <laughs> it's awesome. So that was, that was last year, 82,000 souls. Now, uh, just for your information, today we fly to Africa. 
Uh, I was going to fly yesterday, but instead we've come here this morning and we're flying tonight uh, back to Kenya, where over the last three months I have been directing five crusades in Kenya. And it's going to be very, very exciting. The first town, in fact, we are, we've got 116 churches involved just in the one town. And we've got five towns in a row. So over the next 10 weeks, I'm going to be preaching about 200 times over the next 10 weeks. And uh, we are believing God for somewhere between 200 and 250,000 people giving their lives to the Lord. So please keep us in your prayers if you can do that. And uh, if you've got a spare bit of cash, come and talk to me later because we've still got a lot of funds to raise for the trip. But before I share the gospel this morning, share the word of God, I have my wife Fiona with you. Many of you ladies have had Fiona here with you before. And uh, she just wants to share something quickly as well and pray for us. Morning, church. It is such a joy to be with you guys this morning. God is so good. I just honestly, I'm overflowing with just gratitude. I'm just 19 years now. I've been saved. I was 26, came from a non-Christian background. And I tell you, when you meet Jesus, everything changes. You know, as it was shared this morning, it's not a religion. It's literally a day-to-day, life-transforming relationship. And all these precious faces that you see, these are one-on-one, like having one-on-one relationships with Jesus. Just the purity of heart of those kids, honestly, it just ruined me. You know, the, Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who know their need for God, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we truly see that in third world countries. Their hunger for God is amazing. Um, this morning I woke up, I felt to share this with you guys. I woke up this morning with a song in my head, which is a song that is all is for your glory. And one of the lines says, there's just one chief end to man's purpose. And it's a reference to Ecclesiastes. And I just want to read that scripture to, to us today. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. And this basically sums up why we were created and why we're alive. And the writer says, When all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is this. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is for all humanity. We were all created for relationship with God. Nothing makes sense outside of that, amen. And once you you know him, once you're walking with him, you literally burn to make him known. And I just want to encourage you this morning as the word is preached, let it hit your heart, let it transform you. We aren't here this morning for ourselves, right? We're here to glorify God and we're here to capture his heart and go out and share him with everybody in our lives. It's not, this is not about us. Christianity is not a self, self religion. Amen. It literally empties you of self and rescues you from self. Amen. Yeah. So Lord, we just want to come to you this morning and father, we thank you for your word. It is eternal. God, it changes us. It corrects us. It cleanses us. It challenges us, Lord. And we thank you for that, Father. I thank you that we were created by you and for you. Lord, we were created to walk in your ways, God, and to give you all the glory. And it's a joy, Father, to know you and walk in obedience to you. Your Holy Spirit in us, every day changing us, God. 
And so, Father, I pray as the word is preached this morning, that we would come to you like those little children in in Kenya and Tanzania and Africa that come with such pure, humble hearts, Lord. Hearts that are in awe and wonder of who you are. Hearts that are just teachable and open. Holy Spirit. Lord, no matter how long we've been working, we've been walking with you. Father, I pray this morning as sons and daughters that we would be surrendered and yielded to what you want to do in us so that we can, Lord, walk in the things that you want to do through us. We love you, God, and we are so hungry to know you even more. Father, I thank you for the passion that you are releasing as Carl preaches this morning, God. Have your way. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. I can't help but preach good after a prayer like that, right? It's great having a great wife who's alongside me in the ministry. It's beautiful. Luke chapter 12, verse 49. Jesus said, I have come to set the world on fire and I wish it were already burning. How many people here like lighting fires? Or just like sitting in front of a fire. I do. I love to sit and look in a fire. Has anyone here ever been on fire? You know, sometimes when we're lighting the fire, it kind of gets a bit out of control, whatever it might be. I was in New Zealand a few years ago, preaching around the nation, and I heard people talking about a vision that many people have had of fires being lit around the nation of New Zealand, and then the wind of the Holy Spirit coming, blowing on those fires, and a revival coming to the nation. I got very excited about that because 21 years earlier, God had given me that vision. Because I grew up in New Zealand and we used to have quite a big property and in our backyard we had lots of trees and so once or twice a year I had the, the privilege and the joy as a young boy of lighting a bonfire. So I'd put a big pile of wood and I'd go and put around that wood some wads of paper and then I'd go around with the match and I'd light the paper and if the wood was nice and dry it would catch and burn. If the wood was wet or green I had to add a little bit spirit into the mix some petrol out of a baked beans tin onto that fire and boof up it would go along with my fringe and everything and uh, but God showed me this is how you start a revival in a nation see a nation's like the pile of wood the the paper is like the churches and you go to those churches and you set a match to them you 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 somehow bring a catalyst bring a fire into the church and the church comes alive and eventually the wind of the spirit blows across the nation and uh, many fires will be burning or one great fire will be burning and it's really exciting days in fact at the moment because God is lighting fires all over Australia. I don't know if you're aware of what's going on but it is revival is in the air. God is really doing something new and fresh and it's very very exciting. Anyway I went back to New Zealand uh, about a year or two after that and I was preaching in a church and just before I preached we were in a prayer meeting with the musicians and the team and one of the key musicians put his hand on my shoulder and he began to prophesy about fire and And when the word fire came out of his mouth, the church fire alarm went off. And we had to evacuate the building and go to another building on the other side of the car park and wait for the fire brigade to come in the fire engine. And they got out in their fire suits, went into the building and checked it all out and eventually gave us the all clear. We went back into the building and I preached on the fire of God. And the fire of God fell in that building and and we kept on going for a few days. Uh, Had some very, very exciting meetings. I came back a month 
month later, we had another series of meetings. I came back three months later, had another series of meetings. The church went into multiple services. It was very, very exciting. But this, this thing with fire alarms going off happened seven times, seven different occasions when I'd go to preach in a church. They'd invite me up to preach and a fire alarm would go off. A fire alarm would go off. It was just uncanny. But God moved in a really, really powerful, powerful way. And, uh, you know, was, uh, I was excited to hear you singing the song this morning uh, about the fresh wind and, and, and fan into flame and all the fire. And all, I just like, yep, we're in the right place at the right time with the right message this morning. And uh, so I know God's going to do something amazing. Now, you can't start a fire unless you've got something that will ignite that fire. It could be something that's already on fire. It could be a fire starter. It could be a fire brand. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible says, In speaking of the angels, he says, He makes his angels winds, his servants flames of fire. So this is, of course, talking about angels, but what about His manservants? How could we be, after all the Scripture does say, uh, what is man that you are mindful of him, or mankind that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? That just suddenly disappeared when I was reading it. It's up here now. That, that you, are, you are mindful for him, you have made them, or you have made him, a little lower than the angels. And so we as mankind have been made just a little lower than the angels. And if the angels God speaks of as flames of fire, what about us? Could we also be as flames of fire or even seen by God as flames of fire? After all, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, the Bible says, God is a consuming fire. So when you are saved, God comes to live within you, right? And if you've got God, if you've got God in you, you've got a consuming fire on the inside of you. And that is going to make a difference in your life. And we know John the Baptist said that he baptizes with water, but there is one coming after me, he said, that will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I understand last week you had a great message from, uh, suddenly my brain went blank. Randall, Randall, Pastor Randall preached a great message on, on, the, on the Pentecost and, and that the Holy Spirit is for everyone. And, and of course, we saw it happen when God poured out the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came with fire. They were there in the upper room as Jesus had told them all to do. He said, go in Jerusalem and wait until you have been endured with power from on high, until you have received the promise of the Father. So they all gathered in that upper room. They waited for 10 days. They were praying and, and waiting for the Spirit of God to come. And then the Bible says, what came like the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And then soon into that place came, as it were, tongues of fire. And those tongues of, I'd love to see Steven Spielberg do the day of Pentecost. You know, did you ever, ever see Ra Raiders of the Lost Ark? And if you remember, they opened up that ark and tongues of fire came out. But um, imagine that. 
that, on the day of Pentecost, the fire came and rested upon each one's head. And each one received a flame. Each one was set ablaze with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And they went out from that place and they literally turned the city upside down. Not only that, we know that from that 120 people in the upper room, today there are something like 2.4 billion people around the world who call themselves Christians. So they've taken that gospel message out and impacted the world for the Lord. So the question is, these people turned their world upside down when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. There is, there is something about the Holy Spirit. Why should it be any different today? And when we're full of the Holy Spirit, we should be turning the world upside down around about us. You see, if we've got the Holy Spirit, we've got fire. If I've got my pants on fire, you are going to know about it, right? And if I am full of the Holy Spirit, or if you are full of the Holy Spirit and you have fire within you, People are going to know about it. There's going to be something about your life that significantly shows you've got the Holy Spirit burning inside of you. So I am going to light a fire today. Is that all right? I'm going to build a fire. I'm going to talk about fire. I want you to look into the fire. And as you look into the fire this morning, I want you to think about also you're looking into a mirror. So ask yourself the question, do I have these facets of the fire burning in me? Do I have the Holy Spirit and fire in my life? The first aspect of fire I want to talk about, and it's probably one of the primary reasons why anyone would light a fire, is for heat. To cook something, to warm something up, to, to warm you up. And I associate the heat of the fire of God with the love of God. God is love, right? God loves us. We know that the reason that we have come to know God is because God loves us. He sent His Son to die on the cross to pay for our sins. And, and we love Him because He first loved us. So it's a love relationship. It's a love response uh, to a loving God. But I've discovered, you know, as I travel around the world, I've spoken in around about 700 churches around the world. And there's something... I notice about people, there are two different types of people. There's what I call the, the warm, fuzzy people and the cold, prickly people. The warm, fuzzy people are all, you know, they're open and friendly and sometimes they're, they're huggy and gushy and a little bit too much. But you know what I mean? It's just, they're kind of nice. You feel warm. You feel, you feel the love when you're there with those people. But then there are the cold, prickly people who are kind of awkward and a little bit, you feel... You know, it's hard to connect and, and, and sometimes they can hold to a form of godliness, but it's more the religion than the relationship. You know what I mean? And, and they can get so caught up in the religion uh, and in the rules and the regulations and, and, and they're not really loving type of people. Uh, it, it, it becomes very uncomfortable. You know, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, that in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. That is, they will get, they'll get off track. They'll get stuck in the religion. or the, the, There's so many things to worry about. And they, they, they just 
are thinking about surviving and thinking about themselves and they're not there caring about anyone else. And, and so it's just, you know, keeping people at the distance, getting on with their own life and that sort of thing. And the love of many will grow cold. But in John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35, Jesus said, By this shall the whole world know that you are my disciples by your love one for another. Because you show the world what he is like. You are loving each other. You are loving the world around you and you are impacting them because of the love of God. When I grew up, not only did I uh, get to light a bonfire, but I used to light a fire in the house after school when I got home. I didn't set the house on fire, but we had one of those wet back fires in the wall in the lounge room. And the fire had a glass door on it and it had a water pipe in there. And uh, of course, the fire would heat up the water and keep the hot water in the house warm uh, and that was a, a good bonus of having it there but um, I, I used to come home from school and I'd light the fire and I'd get it going I'd always light it with a bit of paper and a few little twigs and some small bits of wood and get the fire going but when I got the fire roaring with a with a bit of wood in there and I would then put coal in or carbonets now we had what you call a coal man who used to come to our house back in the day and a big truck would come, pull up outside our house and, and he'd have this big leather thing on and he'd throw a big, big sack of carbonets and a big sack of carbonets are like coals that are crushed into an egg shape. And, and he'd bring them down and, and put them in our coal bin. And uh, I would take outside this bucket. It was like a brass bucket called a coal shuttle. And I'd go and put some carbonets in there and I'd bring it inside and put it by the fireplace and when I'd got that fire burning I'd just open up the door and I'd pick up the coal shuttle and I'd just go like that and throw into the fire some of those carbonets and then I'd close the door and I'd open up the vent and that fire would start roaring and the carbonets would burn with an intense heat and they'd burn for quite a long time. Before I went to bed you would always make sure you stoke the fire with carbonets and then we go to bed and it keep the house nice and warm, keep the water nice and warm and all of that. When I wake up in the morning, I would go out into the lounge room and look through the glass door and all you would see was this kind of grey-brown ash. It was just flat. It looked like everything was all finished and done. But I'd open up the door and I'd pick up a little tool and I'd scrape around in the ash and all the ash would fall down through the grill into a little tray at the bottom and sitting on the grill were these red hot coals. They were still there. They'd been there all night long keeping burning It was, or, or keeping at least red hot in, inside those ashes. And all I needed to do then was pick up the coal shuttle and go poof and biff a whole lot of more carbonates into the fire, close the door, open the vent and woof, away that fire would go. And soon all of the carbonates that I'd thrown in there would also catch the fire. I believe that we are in incredible days of harvest. Not only over in Africa and other third world countries where we're seeing literally hundreds of thousands of people coming to the Lord, but in Australia at the moment, the harvest is also very, very ripe. And God is sending the harvest into churches that are ready for the harvest. And it's like 
the churches that have got people who are full of the Holy Ghost and fire, who are loving and ready to, re- to receive those that God gives them. It's like a whole bucket of carbonates, a whole bucket of whole new believers God will bring into this church if He knows that you will faithfully love them and disciple them to become more like Jesus themselves. Amen? Another aspect of fire is that fire refines. In my trips to Africa, I've been to South Africa itself on three different occasions. And I've been twice to a place called Gold Reef City. Gold Reef City is a, is a theme park with roller coasters and all of that. But it's built on an, on an old uh, abandoned gold mine. And part of the attraction is that you can go on a tour of the mine. And so I literally went down the shaft uh, hundreds of feet into the ground and looking around in the mine down there, walking around. It's, it's pretty hot down there, actually. And people would spend sometimes weeks down there. And they took out of the ground so much uh, rock that they crushed and they made big mountains of rock around uh, but they brought out literally billions of dollars worth of gold it was a huge gold mine part of the attraction is that you sat in a little theater and they refined gold in front of you and talked about it they had a furnace going and and, and then the man would bring out of the furnace a mold that had been in there for some time with with some raw product with some you know, bits and pieces, but the gold's in there and it had been burning away in the fire and it had come out and, and you'd have these gold uh, ingots and he'd tip them out and he'd go, this is nine carat gold. It says, now we're going to make 18 carat gold and he'd get this little tool, pick up those things, put them back in the mold and put it back into the fire and turn up the heat and burn with a more intense heat. And the hotter the fire, the more impurities were burned out of the gold and the more valuable the gold became. And they would do the same thing to take it to 24 carat. They would just crank up the heat again and it would burn out more impurities and it would be more valuable. You can see the correlation, can't you? And uh, not only that, I heard that when they refine silver, it's a very similar process. There's stuff in the, in the metal to begin with that needs to be burned out to purify it and make the silver. And it comes to the surface. It's called slag. And that slag, slag burns up and burns off. And I, I heard that a silversmith was asked the question, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? He said, oh, that's easy. It's when I can see my reflection in the surface of the silver. You can see that one, can't you? You see, because becoming a Christian or being a Christian is not all about keeping rules and regulations. It's about the Spirit of God living in you, the fire of God burning in you, you yielding to the work of the Holy Spirit. He's refining. He is transforming you into the image of Jesus from glory to glory. You're becoming more and more like Him as He is refining your life. That's the fire of God. Have you got that fire burning in you today? Another thing about fire is, of course, it consumes... And the hotter that a fire burns, the more it will consume. When you're starting a fire, you know, you're using little sticks and twigs and straw or something like that to get it going. But as it burns with more and more heat, as the fire gets bigger, you can put pretty much anything in the fire. Big logs go in the fire. But if it gets out of control, if a building catches on fire or if a forest is on fire, a bush is on fire, it can burn so hot. 
It can be so intense. In fact, even bushfires can have their own weather patterns because it's, it's changing the whole atmosphere. But, uh, you know, you can have buildings where this, the corrugated iron roofs all buckle up and, and even the girders begin to bend and buckle under the heat. And sometimes the heat can be so intense that the steel will melt. Now, when you're full of the Holy Spirit and you've got the fire of God burning within you, you will consume. And the hotter the fire is burning in you, the more you will consume. Now, what do I mean by that? You won't be satisfied with just a Sunday morning sermon. You'll want more. If there's a night meeting, you'll be there because you, you want more of the Word of God. You'll be reading books. You'll be reading the Bible. You'll be looking at podcasts or whatever, listening to podcasts and, and continually feeding your spirit more and more about God because you are on fire. About 2000, I, I was living in a penthouse apartment in Hamilton, the, the suburb of Hamilton, and it had a beautiful view of the south of the city and, and the city itself in the south of Brisbane. And I wanted to pray in the new year, so I invited some friends over to pray. And surprisingly, a whole bunch of people turned up to my house that I didn't know from a bar of soap. I mean, there was a whole mob, and uh, many of them were these prophetic intercessors, you know, the real passionate, prayerful people. And so we had a phenomenal prayer time that night, went to about four o'clock in the morning, and uh, it was amazing, but it spurred a prayer meeting that started and continued in my house for the next six months until I went overseas for some time. And it was, it was phenomenal. And every time these people turned up, I knew that they were on fire for God and they had the fire of God burning in them because they would always turn up with plastic bags. What do you mean by that? They turned up with plastic bags full of CDs and books. And a swap fest happened at my house every Friday night. Can, can you give me this book? I want that book. You know, here's the CD. They took books out of my library that I never saw ever again, but that was all right because someone got to read them. But there's a fire that burns in you that causes you to want more. Have you got that fire burning inside of you today? When a fire rages, it can be kind of unstoppable. It's, it's unpredictable sometimes, a little bit outrageous. And there was a time where Jesus came into the temple in John chapter 2 with his disciples and he saw things going on in the church that disturbed him. The church wasn't what the church was supposed to be. And Jesus, thinking about this, actually made a whip. He didn't just grab a whip. He made a whip out of three cords. He was weaving this thing together as he was thinking about what he's about to do. He's looking around at them, selling, selling doves and exchanging money and ripping people off and doing things that church was never meant to be. And Jesus then lets rip and he shouts out, this is a house of prayer and you have made it a den of thieves. And he goes and tips over their money changing tables and their doves and all that and, and whips it. I don't think he actually whipped the people, but he was Cracking the whip, that's where the saying fair crack of the whip mate came from. It came from Jesus, right? <laughs> Maybe not. But anyway, he was, he was disturbed by that situation. And the disciples were a little bit disturbed when they saw Jesus carrying on like that. Because they thought he was gentle Jesus, meek and mild, you know. He didn't, didn't get a, a little bit uh, angry sometimes. But they remembered what the scripture said. Zeal for my house has consumed me. 
Jesus was consumed with a zeal for the house of God. That the house of God would be what the house of God is meant to be. That the house of God would be a house of prayer. It wouldn't get all caught up and off track and off rails and, and, and being all these other things instead of being what it's meant to be. And, uh, you know, if you have got the fire of God burning in you, you're passionate about the house of God. You're passionate about the presence of God being in the house of God. Amen. And, and, and you'll be there. You'll be supporting it. You'll be pouring your heart and soul into your local church, supporting the vision and reaching out to the community and, and coming to the prayer meeting and all that sort of stuff so that the house of God will be what it's meant to be. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 11 says, Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Stay passionate. Stay fervent. And you get this when you have the Holy Spirit within you. You are on fire. You see people. You say they're on fire because they're passionate. They're at the church early. They're at the prayer meeting. They're into it, right? Have you got that fire burning today? Number five. You've probably heard it said where there is fire, there is smoke. Or where there is smoke, there is fire. Most of the time. There can actually be smoke where there was fire. Do you know that? It can be smoking away for some time, but the fire has well and truly gone out. And there are some people sitting in churches these days and they just smoke. They don't have the fire burning in their hearts, in their lives anymore. And uh, God would like to stir that up afresh. I remember getting invited to a church in Brisbane to preach. Church of about 400 people at the time. And uh God, when the pastor invited me to preach, I put my phone down and God said, the fire of God's going to fall. I thought, that's great. And so uh, I preached on the fire of God and we had a great altar call and most of the church had come out for prayer and the pastor had gone out of the building to his office and then he came back into the building. Now this was back before smoke machines and all that sort of stuff. And he came back into the auditorium and he said to me later, when he was walking into the auditorium, he looked down the front and he could see the whole altar area was full of smoke. I believe he was seeing in the spirit something that got it, that God was doing in the spirit realm and, and God was moving in a very, very powerful way. Revelation chapter 8 verse 4, the Bible says, The smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of the saints, went up before God. You've probably seen religions around the world, different nations, that would burn either a, a candle or they would burn an incense in front of an idol or in front of an icon or something like that. And, and that, that burning is symbolic of their prayer going up before this thing, uh, this icon or in whatever it might be. But this whole concept wasn't invented by fake religions or false religions. It was actually came back from the, the, the tabernacle journey through the wilderness. And then later in the temple, you had... Of course, the holy of hol the holy place, and then you had the holy of holies, where the ark of the covenant was, where the where the glory of the Lord rested. But this curtain here, and on this side of the curtain, in the holy place, the last piece of furniture was the altar of incense. Now it was the priest's job every morning and night to ensure that the fire was burning on the altar of incense, so the the smoke from the incense was continuously going up 
into the nostrils of God, reminding him of Israel's commitment, their relationship with God. Now David said, King David said in Psalm 141 verse 2, May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting of, up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. See, when, a, when something is burning, it's normal and natural for smoke to come from that fire. And when you have the fire of God burning in you, it's natural and normal for prayer and praise to billow forth from your heart to God. Before I was a preacher, I was a musician. I played drums, I played guitar, I led worship, and I spent a lot of time on the platform even before I was a preacher. You'd be up there during the whole service looking out at everybody, and it's kind of interesting to watch what's going on. Because sometimes, you know, you've you got to sing five fast songs and then five slow songs until eventually somebody over there lifts up one hand and closes one eye and, and it kind of looks like they're engaging in, in worship a little bit. You know what I mean? Some people really struggle to enter into worship, dealing with stuff in their own heart or whatever it might be. But you can be up the front there before the service even starts and you're tuning up your guitar. And you, while you're tuning your guitar up, you look out in the audience and you see someone out in the middle there and they've got their eyes closed, they've got their hands up, they've got tears running down their cheeks and they're lost in the presence of God. And all you were doing was tuning up. It's interesting, isn't it? But when we've got the fire burning in us, you, you, you don't have, have to have someone to whip you up to worship. You can't wait to worship God. You can't wait to get into the house of God and worship God. In fact, you get out of bed in the morning, you start singing songs. You, you just want to, you've got that smoke billow forth thing out of your heart continuously in praise and in prayer. Before I go to preach in a lot of services, I I'll go to the prayer meeting. If they've got a prayer meeting, I'll be in the prayer meeting just to listen to what people are praying for, what they're believing God for. And sometimes in those prayer meetings, you've got a few passionate people praying. You've got other people that just kind of stand there looking around and, and people that are not engaging in prayer. And it disturbs me a little bit. And, you know, if I have my own prayer meeting, which we do with our teams in Africa, I stir them. Let's get into prayer. Let's everyone pray. Because it's not, a, it's not just a hang around meeting. It's not just a, a think meeting. It's a pray meeting. And, and when you've got the fire of God burning and you want to pray, you can't wait till your turn to pray. And, and you know, if, if there's other ones that keep on praying, they've got the fire too and they won't shut up, you just start praying over top of them. And, and soon you've got the whole room. Everyone's praying out, you know, because everyone's on fire. Have you got that fire burning in you? Or do you real struggle to pray? Another facet of the fire this fireplace that we had in the wall of our house I'd always keep the glass nice and clean because I love to just sit and look into the fire and watch the fire burning but sometimes when I'd get the fire going I'd get a, a plank a piece of wood about a foot long and I'd stick it into the fire flat like that on top of the fire and then I'd get a few plastic cowboys and Indians that I got out of the cornflakes packet and I'd make a little arrangement on top of the piece of wood. Then I'd close the door and then I'd sit back and I'd watch. Watch them start to melt, you know. And uh, it was interesting. I'll never forget one, one 
guy, he was a, he was a bank robber cowboy. He had the cowboy hat on. He had a, a big, long Smith & Weston pistol with a long, skinny barrel on it. And he had this bank robber bag here, and he kind of stood like this. And when, when everything started getting hot, the first thing to melt was the barrel of his gun. It would always droop down pretty quickly, and then his arm would come down like that. And then this arm would come down under the weight of the bag, and then his knees would kind of bend, and he'd fold over and fall into a heap eventually become a blob, as did all of the others. And then they'd start bubbling and hissing and then, and then they'd burst into flame. And you'd have these incredibly beautiful colored flames in the fire all around on this piece of wood. Don't you love it when you look into a fire and there's something burning, maybe a bit of plastic or whatever it might be. And, and you've got all the colors of the rainbow are in there, indigo, violet, and, and all these beautiful purple and green and blue and it's amazing, isn't it? I love looking at fires and, and looking at those pretty flames. And it's, to me, what this speaks of, when we're full of the Holy Spirit, and we've got the fire of God burning in us, we will have the manifestations of the Spirit of God. They will manifest in and through our lives. It will be normal and natural for them to do that. And we know, of course, when we receive the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us in the book of Acts, we begin speaking in a heavenly language or a language of men sometimes that we've never learned before, but it's a prayer language that God gives us so that when we pray in that language, we pray without any prejudice. We don't pray with a lack of understanding. We don't pray with a lack of faith. We just pray as we are moved by the Spirit of God and God responds to those prayers and powerful, powerful things can happen as a result of our praying in the Holy Ghost. But not only that, the Bible says we edify ourselves, we build ourselves up. The edifice of us as a person, as a building, as a temple of the Holy Spirit is built up. We are, we are made Greater men and women of God as we pray in the Holy Ghost, basically. That's why Jesus said, you know, uh, John, uh, sorry, Paul said, I, I wish that you would, uh, you, uh, you would all pray in the Holy Spirit. And I thank God that I pray in the Holy Spirit more than all of you. He knew the benefit of doing that, praying in his heavenly language. And he wrote, what is it, two-thirds in the New Testament. So it helped. Amen. He was a pretty full-on missionary doing amazing stuff as well. But you get the Spirit of God in you, the gifts of the Spirit, not only... Not only praying in a prayer language, but words of knowledge, words of wisdom, faith, healing, miracles. These become normal things when you're on fire for God. These are, this is normal Christian life. It's not about just being a nice person who comes and sits in a church on Sunday. You've been given the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You will impact the world for me, is what he is saying. And, and that happens when you, you, you move, you, you've got this boldness, you've got this, this confidence, you go out there and, and, and you've got a word of knowledge, you've got a word of wisdom, you, you've got faith to pray for someone for healing and miracle and breakthrough. You step out of the box. That's what happens. And that's, that's what normal Christianity is. Sometimes we just got to get that... Fanned into flame, amen. One, uh, 2 Timothy 1, 6, fan into flame, the gift of God in you through the laying on of hands. I was 16 years old when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, I began to speak in tongues and I speak in tongues every day. I speak in tongues when I'm driving the car, when I'm going for a walk. Uh, speak in tongues a lot because I know the power of speaking in tongues. 
and it just builds me up in my faith, but it also brings me into a real flow of the things of the Spirit of God. When I start ministering and praying for people, the more I've pre preached in tongues, the more spiritual gifts are released and flow in the ministry time. It's just very, very powerful in that. I also discovered when I was about 17 that I was contagious. <laughs> you know, you are when you're on fire. If you've got someone else who's flammable, they'll catch it. It's like it, it, I was in a church uh, at 17. I was over here down the front minding my own business. This evangelist had an altar call. A whole lot of people had come out for prayer. And uh, he's praying. And then he suddenly turns over and grabs me by the hand. and says, hey, you, come and pray for this guy to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what to do. Never done it before. So I said, okay. Uh, so I just went over and laid my hands on this young man, same age as me. I said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what else to say. So I just prayed in tongues then, you know. And then soon, he starts praying in tongues. And I'm like, whoa, that's too easy, right? And since that time, I've literally prayed for tens of thousands of people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's in a meeting like this, there might be 10 or 20 people get filled with the Holy Spirit or in a bigger church, two or 300 people get filled with the Holy Spirit or on our crusade field on Saturday night, we pray for the whole field. And woof, you can have just this roar as so many people get filled with the Holy Spirit and it is really, really awesome. Amen. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, today is your day. Today is your Pentecost. You might have had it last week. But if you haven't got filled with the Holy Spirit, you haven't got that spiritual language and you're not stepping out and flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, God wants to release that. He wants to fan that flame in your life and enable you to be able to step out in that way. Not only that, see, miracles and things. I, I started praying for the sick when I was in my early 20s. And I have literally prayed over the last 30-something years for thousands and thousands of people, seen incredible healings and miracles and all of that. And that is normal. That's, Jesus said, these signs shall accompany those who believe. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's for every Christian who believes. And it's just exciting stuff. And you can have those facets of the flame, those manifestations of the Holy Spirit, if you've got the fire of God in you. Have you got that fire? final one I want to talk about is if you've got the Spirit of God in you and the fire of God in you, you will be a blazing flare. You won't, you, you will be a witness for Jesus. You won't struggle to share your faith as many Christians do. You will not be able to stop it. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 20 verse 9, but if I say, I will not mention him or speak any more in his name. His word is in my heart like a fire, like a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. You can sense his frustration. He feels like, ah, I've got to tell somebody about Jesus. It's too hard to not do that. And Jeremiah 23, 29, God says, Is not my word like a fire? So when you're on fire, you've got this burning passion to read more of the Word of God. And the Word of God is a fire. And so you're putting more fire into the fire and that fire is going to burn with an increasing intensity. Uh, uh, it's going to get hotter and hotter and it's going to get harder and harder to contain. You will not be bashful about witnessing, but if you don't tell people about Jesus, you are going to feel like you will explode. 
That's what it is. It's not saying, oh, I'm not an evangelist. No, you're a Christian. If you're a Christian full of the Holy Spirit, you should be leading people to Jesus. Otherwise, there's something wrong. The fire is not burning in your life. God wants to whip that up in you today. I'll never forget when I returned from the Pensacola revival back in 1997. I came back from that place on fire. I had an encounter with God there. It was a phenomenal. God moved in this church. It was in um, Pensacola, Florida. And uh, over a period of about five years, I think there was about five million people went through that church. There was something like 200,000 people gave their lives to the Lord. And, but that revival impacted the nations of the world. It was powerful. Everyone who went there caught fire. I came back from that thing burning on fire. God was just moving in my heart in an incredible way. I arrived back on the Thursday. On the Sunday morning, I was sitting in our church and uh, we had a guest speaker that morning. He was a pretty good preacher, I think. But all I remember is he felt like a wet blanket to me. I was sitting there with fire swirling inside of me, going up and down. I could feel it going up and down my arms and legs. It was like, I, I just wanted to burst. And I felt like the Azusa Street Revival. I don't know if you know much about the Azusa Street Revival. If you don't, it's a great read. But the history of our movement, if you go back and have a look at what happened in Azusa Street, there was an there was a Afro-American man by the name of Willie Seymour. In fact, he was blind in one eye. His name's Willie Seymour. God's funny, isn't he? But anyway, uh, he, he was invited to preach in Los Angeles. He had been to Charles Parnham's Cool of the Spirit, and he'd got, he was hungry for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He got invited to preach in Los Angeles. He went to preach in this little church, and he preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It freaked them out. And so they locked the building and didn't let him back into the night meeting. And he was supposed to do a whole series of meetings and they pulled the pin. And so anyway, there were some people in the church who were hungry. And he met with them on a, on a house on Bonnie Bray. And uh, there was about eight or, eight or ten people gathered together. And they started crying out to God. They started a ten-day fast. And as they got into that, they were praying about seven or eight hours a day. And partway through that fast, suddenly, boom, Holy Spirit turned up. And these people all got baptized in the Holy Spirit. They all began speaking in tongues. And it was just an awesome thing that happened. And then people came from everywhere to Bonnie Bray. They came because they knew God was pouring out His Holy Spirit. And they came into this place and, and many were getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And they, they, they started going and preaching off the balcony. And, and the foundations of the house collapsed because there were so many people around. And so they, they found this building. It was an old abandoned uh, Episcopalian Methodist Church. The top half had burnt off and they'd put a flat roof on it and uh, put some flats upstairs and then downstairs was a stable. And so they cleaned out the stable and, and, and literally put benches and boxes around and, clean, and that was it. That was the church. That was the Azusa Street Church. About 300 people, they say, could fit in there and they'd sometimes squeeze 600 people into the place somehow. And, and it was just amazing how God moved in that place. It sparked modern-day Pentecost. That's basically where it all fired out to now 600-plus million Pentecostals around the world. But in those services, sometimes it would be like a guest preacher would come. Because, you know, it was the revival. It was the big happening thing. And so the big shot preachers from the big churches would come to preach in the revival. And they'd get up to preach. And little old ladies in the church who didn't care about what anyone th thought about what they had to say, they just would shout out, Get him off! 
He hasn't got the fire. <laughs> Made the big difference. That's what I felt like saying that morning in church. I felt like saying, get him off. He hasn't got the fire. <laughs> but I didn't. I restrained myself. I did talk to the pastor, actually. And uh, within two weeks, he had me preaching in the morning service. And to cut a long story short, Holy Spirit broke out. I preached in the night service. Holy Spirit broke out. Then I started getting invitations to preach in churches all around Brisbane. And, and Holy Spirit just broke out. So I, I started Fan the Flame Ministries. I went itinerant and, and started the ministry that I have now. So that was 26 years ago. And it's taken me to 50 nations around the world. We've seen 250,000 people give their lives to the Lord and multiple people filled with the Spirit, incredible miracles and everything happening all around the world. Exciting start back then. Amen. Back in those days. It's the Holy Ghost and fire. And, and when you get that, it makes a big difference. You know, in the Azusa Street Church, in fact, they said that there was times that the fire brigade would come bursting into the building with their hoses and axe and everything, looking around going, where's the fire? Where's the fire? Because they would report a 50-foot flame above the building that people were seeing from around the town. 50 foot high flame. And in fact, there was some times when that flame was burning over the building that another flame came out of the sky and connected with it. And when that happened, the miracles that broke out in, the, in, that, in those services were extraordinary. And people with, with severed arms and legs growing back in front of people. Like literally the bone growing, the muscle growing, the flesh growing, joints growing, the whole thing until they got all the fingernails and the hair on their finger. Everything came back. Legs growing back, right right there. Multiple people in wheelchairs, boom, 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 just all jumping up, completely healed. Multiple deaf people, boom, 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 getting healed. Phenomenal stuff. Go and have a read, Azusa Street Revival. Go and listen to some people talking about it. It's incredible stuff that happened back then. I heard of a town that had a church. It was a smallish town, country town, had a church. And there was a lady in the church whose husband had never come to church. He wasn't saved. And so one day, the church building caught on fire. And so the whole town came out to help put out the fire. And they, there was a river nearby, so they made a human chain from the church to the river, and they were passing buckets of water and passing them back and trying to put out the fire, trying to put out the building. And it just so happens that this woman's husband came to help as everyone else did, but he was standing in the line right next to the pastor of the church. And the pastor said to him, oh, I, I haven't seen you in church before. And he said, oh, that's because the church hasn't been on fire before. Amen. Get it? People will try all sorts of gimmicks to get people into their church. Look, I'm not against the contemporary church. I love a contemporary church. I'm from a contemporary church. But sometimes people get so focused on trying to do this and trying to do that. Is it going to be a bigger screen? Is it going to be a, is it going to be a louder sound system? Whatever it is, what is it that they think is going to get a better coffee? I don't know. I tell you what will get the people in the church is when the church is on fire. When everyone in the church has caught the fire of God, people will want to come to the church because it's on fire. See, God spoke to Moses through a bush that was burning. What does that mean? See, the, Moses saw this bush that was burning. It wasn't being consumed. It was a miracle and it got his attention. And when he, when he had his attention, God spoke through the bush to Moses. 
And see, when we're on fire and when the church is on fire, it gets the world's attention. It gets the attention of people around about us. And then God will speak through us to the world around about us because I'll go, whoa, what is going on? This is absolutely awesome. I want to know what, is, what this is all about. John Wesley and um, D.L. Moody pretty much said the same thing. Catch on fire for Jesus and the world will come to watch you burn. If I could have Roxanne, please, that'd be great. Uh, you can play the guitar too, bro, if you want. Listen, I want to finish with a story. When I came home from school, I used to get the fire going and then I'd sit down and watch a bit of telly. Back in the day, happy days, a little bit of Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes and things like that, you know. But one of the shows that came on was one of my favorite shows was Ripley's Believe It or Not. Do you remember that one? And there was one particular episode that really captured my imagination. It was about spontaneous combustion. You remember that one? Do you know what spontaneous combustion is? It's when a human being, for no apparent reason, bursts into flame as is completely incinerated and all that's left is a little bit of ash maybe a, a shoe or a belt buckle and singed wallpaper and smoke on the ceiling and that's all they ever find of that person burned up gone they call it spontaneous combustion and then of course they say believe it or not <laughs> I thought about this wouldn't that be wouldn't that just be crazy to see that happening imagine you're standing there talking to somebody then they suddenly spontaneously combust right in front of you gone i would freak you out wouldn't it be it'd be horrific but imagine this in the spirit imagine you are talking to somebody and you have got the fire of God in you and they are combustible. They are hungry. They are ready for God. And as you're talking to them, suddenly they catch it. Suddenly they, they receive of the Spirit of God that you've got in your life. Spontaneous combustion. Would you like to see that happen? Would you like to see people come to Jesus? Give me a wave if you'd like to see more people come to Jesus. How many of you would like to see this church absolutely full? Come on, that, that would be the thing, wouldn't it? You know how this church is going to get full? God's going to use you to win people. That's it. They're not going to walk in off the street. I mean, one or two might, but it, that's just not the way. People, 85% of people who come to know Jesus, come to know Jesus because they're invited or brought to church by a friend or a family member. That's what it is. It's you reaching out, sharing your faith with other people around about you. And I believe God wants to do something amazing. Amen. I want to, in a moment, going to open this area down the front. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for those of you who are like, man, there's an area of fire that I'm, I'm really lacking in my life. I mean, man, for me, I'm, I'm struggling to love people. I really struggle loving people. I need God's love filling me and flowing out of me or maybe for you it's the refining thing maybe you got stuff in your life that you know it just shouldn't be there God wants to burn out that stuff those struggles that you have those sins maybe that are there that you've been there for too long maybe you're, you're just not hungry for God's word you, you, Sunday morning that's it rest of the week you're just doing your own thing 
you sort of shut it out, come back, do the thing on Sunday. But you haven't got that, I want to read the Word of God. I want to read a book. I want to get more in me. Maybe you don't care what's going on in the house of God. You just kind of turn up there and think, oh, whatever, you know, do your little bit. There's no, no passion, zeal for God's house. Maybe the smoke. You haven't got those facets of the flame. You haven't got those gifts of the Spirit. You might have got a little ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba a few years ago when somebody prayed for you. Or you might have got a warm fuzzy, but you never actually broke into a spiritual language and you don't pray in a spiritual language. God wants to give you that spiritual language and more than He wants to give you words of knowledge and wisdom and prophecy and faith for healing and miracles and all that. He wants to bring that and normalize that in your life so that you will be a witness as He said you should be when you receive the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit. God wants to give you those gifts of the Spirit. He wants prayer and praise to billow forth out of your heart. You struggle praising God. You struggle to pray. You think, oh, then that's for those radical people. You should be a radical person. (laughs) You should have the fire. That's what it is. That's what we're talking about. This is normal. You struggle to share your faith. God wants to make you an effective witness. Could you imagine looking down the row as you're sitting in church on a Sunday morning and that whole row is full of people that you have personally led to the Lord? That's how the church is going to get full. There's a lot of empty seats here. And if each one of you catches this fire, you're going to see this church fill up very fast. Amen. Come on, let's stand up to our feet. So we're going to open this area down the front and I want to give you an opportunity this morning. Also, maybe for you, you have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, the source of the fire that we're talking about. You've not been baptised in the Holy Spirit. I, I understand this is a Pentecostal church, but in some Pentecostal churches these days, there's people that just don't have a Pentecostal experience. In fact, some Pentecostal churches these days ain't Pentecostal anymore, but you could have your own Pentecost today. You could be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. If you want to receive that baptism in the Holy Spirit, we'll lay hands on you, we'll pray for you. God will fill you with the Holy Spirit. He'll give you a spiritual language. And not only that, He will get this fire burning within your life. Amen. We'll pray for other things this morning too, miracles, whatever. You might want to catch something of the facet of the fire that's in us today. We'll believe God with you for whatever breakthrough you might need. But we're going for that Holy Ghost and fire this morning. Before we do that, before I open this area down the front, I know some of you are just bursting to get out here. I can see you like you're wanting to come. And, and, and so, but just wait a minute. Because I just want to give one more opportunity. The Bible speaks, of course, about the Holy Spirit and fire. And when some translations talk about the Holy Spirit and fire or some interpretations or some theological views on that, it's not just this fire that we get, the facets of the Holy Spirit burning within us, but it also can speak about the judgment that is to come. There is a fire of judgment to come. They call it the day of the Lord. And that is when people will face a whole different kind of fire. See, when we've received Jesus, the Bible says that our sin separates us from God and the wages of sin is death. 
We've all sinned. We've all the, all the same. We've all sinned and fall short of His glory. The wages of sin of death. Now the death the Bible speaks about, and Jesus many times when He's speaking about this, He talks about the fires of hell, a place of torment. It's a place where people will spend eternity if they have not received Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. So it's very, very important to, to have embraced the work that Jesus did on the cross. God's for us. He's not against us. That's why God sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. He died in our place. So we don't spend eternity separated from Him. He died in our place. And what does He require of us that we believe and acknowledge He died for our sins and give Him Lordship in our lives? That is to say, Lord, I, I, I've sinned and I ask You to forgive me, but I surrender my life to You. We sung that song this morning. We give our life over to Him. Allow Him to live in us and to live through us. So I want to give you an opportunity this morning to be saved. That is to be saved from a different kind of fire, an eternal flame that you don't want to spend eternity there. But you want to spend eternity in a relationship with God that can begin even this day. A beautiful relationship that we've already been talking about this morning. So I want us to close our eyes, bow our heads just for a moment in this place. Going to have the privilege of leading tens of thousands of people to the Lord in the next few weeks. But I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. It might be for the very first time today that you want to pray a prayer with me and say, Lord, I, I need you in my life. I want to be forgiven. I want a relationship with God. I can't do life by myself. I'm struggling. Help me. Be my Lord. And if you'd like to be included in a prayer that I'm about to pray for that very reason, while we have our eyes closed, our heads bowed, can you give me a wave? Lift your hand up. Say, yep, that's me. God bless you over here. Anyone else? Give me a wave. You say, yes, I would like to, I would like to say yes to God today and receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Yep. Anyone else? Thank you up there. Anyone else? couple of people have raised their hand. Maybe for you, you once prayed a prayer. You know, sometimes we can pray a prayer and it just kind of becomes like a one night stand thing. You know, we, we don't really go on with the relationship and God wants to woo you back. Maybe you prayed a prayer. Maybe you went on with God for a little while and then you got off track and you, you're not walking with God now, but you want to get right with Him. You want to come back to Him, get the junk out of your life. If that's you today, say, yeah, that's me. I, I want a new start. I want a brand new start with God. I want to get on the right track and, and, and move forward with God. If that's you, while our eyes are closed, our heads bowed, can you give me a wave as well? Wherever you are, just give me a quick wave. You say, yep, thank you, sir. Anyone else? Good on you, mate. Anyone else? Say, yeah, I want a, I want a fresh start with God. I see that hand at the back as well. What we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer together. And uh, I want to lead you in this prayer. You pray this after me. In fact, I'll encourage everyone here to pray this prayer. We'll all pray it together in a loud voice. We'll support and encourage those that have raised their hands. And perhaps you felt you should have raised your hand, but you struggled to lift your hand up. Listen, while we pray this prayer, don't just let words come out of your mouth. Let it come out of your heart. Let it be the prayer of your heart today. God will respond to a prayer that comes from your heart. So come on, let's pray together right now in a loud voice. Father God, Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you have a good plan for my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross to pay the penalty for my sin.
Forgive me for my sin. I turn from it today. I give you my life. Live in me. Help me to live for you. Help me fulfill the plan you have for me. Thank you for cleansing me and giving me a brand new start. I love you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. That's awesome. That is awesome. If you did pray that prayer for the first time or you have reconnected with God today, let me encourage you before you leave the service today, have a talk to Pastor Randall or, or one of the other leaders that's here and just, just say, look, I prayed that prayer. We want to help you on your journey. If necessary, we'll put something in your hands. We'll give you a booklet or we'll give you a Bible. We'll help you on your journey with God because it's very important that this relationship goes on. You know, a relationship does not survive unless there's communication. And, and we will help you to communicate with God and, and to hear from God. And that'll be amazing. All right. But that's great. But right now, you want a touch from heaven. You want a Pentecost. You want the fire in your life. Fan and flame. Just get out of your seat. Come on down the front. Don't wait for somebody else to come. You come. You set the trend. You say, I'm going to be the first one out there. I'm going to be getting everything I can from God this morning. You can kind of say, no, I'm all right. I'll, I'll just stay the way I am. Or maybe you're already on fire. You want to come down as a hot coal so that others can catch the fire that you've got. Why don't you come on out of your seat? Come down here. We'll pray with you. If you're not yet baptised in the Holy Spirit, this is your opportunity. If you don't speak in tongues, if you would like to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Give me a wave. Anyone in this building, you say, look, I don't speak in tongues and I'd like that. I'd like to receive this baptism in the Spirit. This is your opportunity. Just come and join people down the front. Don't be afraid. We're not going to do anything weird. We're just going to pray for you. God's going to touch your life. Come and receive from heaven today. A touch from heaven today. You want more of God? Come. Maybe you need a miracle today. You can come as well. We'll pray for you. I see God heal lots of things. Some amazing testimonies. We're not getting into that today, but but for the rest of you, we're gonna we're gonna the team's gonna lead us in a song, and as we sing this song, we're gonna come, we're gonna we're gonna pray, we're gonna minister to the people that come. I'm not gonna close this altar, okay? What does that mean? That means while we're still ministering for people down here, if you suddenly go, man, I really need that fire. I've got stuff in my life. I've got things in my life that need to change. I need more of God. I, I need that fire fanned in my life. I'm just kind of coming to church and turning up and then I need God to do something in my life to change me. You come at any time while we're praying for others down here. That's okay. We'll include you. There's one more thing I want to pray for in this church this morning. And that is this. You see what we do there in Africa, and, and you've, you've heard me speak of the ministry of Reinhard Bonnke, Christ for All Nations. He started this ministry back many, many years ago. In fact, Reinhard Bonnke himself died in 2019 at 79 years of age. At that time, Christ for All Nations had seen 79 million salvations. I was connected with, uh, connected with Christ for All Nations since 2006. And I had the privilege of going to Lagos Crusade in 2006. And also I was invited by Reinhard Bonnke himself to come to Lagos in 2017 to his final farewell crusade, the last time he preached in Africa. 
I had him lay his hands on me he, throughout those years, three different times. But in 2017, he, he passed us the flaming torch. It's like, I'm finished, I'm done, I'm retired. Here's the flaming torch. And I had the privilege of being there when he prayed that and parted that and gave it to us. But because I have received that, I also have the privilege of imparting that to others and praying for others to receive that. What does that mean? The flaming torch. That is the thing, that is the fire of the Holy Spirit in you in such a way that you're an effective witness winning many, many people to Jesus. How many people here this morning would like to receive the flaming torch? Give me a wave. How many would just like to come to church and sit on the pew on Sundays and do nothing? Give me a wave. No, you want to receive the flaming torch? Get, just hold your hands up wherever you are in the church. We're going to pray in a moment. Let me, hang on, let's just pause for one minute. I want to just get this right. Before we, before we pray, how many of you have not yet received the baptism in the Holy Spirit and you'd like to receive that for the first time? Hand up, okay? First time you'd like to receive, yep, here, okay. Young man, could you come over here and join these ones, please? Anyone else, You have, maybe for you, you have not yet received the baptism in the Holy Spirit or you got the baptism in the Holy Spirit or you thought you did. You got a warm fuzzy, but you never got spiritual languages or spiritual gifts. You're not flowing in spiritual languages and spiritual gifts. And you're like, man, I really need to be a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Anyone else? Okay, yep. Anyone else? You want a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit? You come and you, okay, this area here, if you could just come to this spot, that'd be great. So we're going to pray for these ones to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Others will pray for you to receive the fire of God and other things, whatever uh, you need this morning. But um, I want to pray. Can you kind of get ready with that song? And uh, we're going to pray for you to receive the flaming torch. So wherever you are in the church, you want the flaming torch, including those down the front here. Just stretch your hands up to heaven right now. Lift your hands up. And we're going to pray for you to receive that today. Father, I want to thank you. I first of all thank you for salvation. Lord, you have saved us from an eternal damnation. You've saved us from the fires of hell. You have put your Spirit in us. And I just thank you, Lord, that you have saved us to give us life and life more abundantly. It is so awesome knowing you, Lord. It is such a joy and a privilege to walk with you and to serve you with our lives. And, and Father, I thank you that when you fill us with the Holy Spirit, you fill us with fire and you put in our hand this flaming torch. And that is to make us a witness, to make us effective at winning others to you. And so I pray for every person here who is now reaching out to you. And I pray, Father, fill them not just with the Holy Spirit, but with fire. I pray put a passion in their heart for you, a passion in their heart for your presence. Father, so much so that they get so full of God that God oozes out of every part of their life and impacts those around. That they're so on fire for God that whenever they come across somebody who doesn't know you and is reaching out, they also will receive the love of God. They'll receive an impact of the power of God. They will respond to the message of salvation and the testimony that is shared out of these lives. So Lord, I pray for that impartation of the flaming torch into their lives in Jesus' name. Use them for your glory. Let their lives be fruitful and effective in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we thank you for it. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray right now for people here who are going to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So this is my instruction to you.
All right, listen to me very clear. If you want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's easy. Okay, it's easy. It's true. There's two things that qualify you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Number one, receive Jesus. Have your sins forgiven? Just ask Him to forgive you of your sins. You come to God with your sins blotted out and then you just got to ask Him for the Holy Spirit. That's as easy as it is. It's a gift that the Bible says is for everyone who believes. You know, get get out of the get the cobwebs out of our head because some people have got the cobwebs that you know some some thoughts, some religious ideas that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not for today and speaking in tongues is of the devil. Those are lies from the pit of hell. Those are lies that come from the devil himself because he is scared when you are full of the Holy Spirit. He is scared when you speak in tongues. He doesn't know what you're praying. He is scared when the gifts of the Spirit are flowing through you. So he's doing everything he can to discourage you and putting false religious ideas in your head to rob you of the power of God. Don't listen to that. And don't listen to the devil saying to you, you're not worthy. Listen, it's not about being worthy. Nobody's worthy, but Jesus Himself has done it for us. He's done everything for us. He loves us and He embraces us to Himself. And and the thing is, is, we don't receive the Holy Spirit because we deserve the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit because we need the Holy Spirit. God sees us in our struggles and our weaknesses. And when He gives us the Holy Spirit, it empowers us to be fruitful and effective and to victorious in our journey as well. Amen. So what we're going to do, we're going to pray for those of you who want to receive the Holy Spirit and those of you who want to receive a fresh infilling. You want to get this, the gifts of the Spirit flowing out of your life afresh. This is what we're going to do. Just watch me for a minute. This is what I want you to do in a minute, is to go like this. Hands up like this, not like this, not like this, like this. Why do I say like this? Because I want you to see yourself like a funnel in a glass jar. I want you to have that posture of reaching out to heaven, not just whatever, not just like, oh, you know, it's it's a, I'm I'm reaching out because I'm going to pray and God is going to pour out His Holy Spirit like a, a, a waterfall of His love, on His glory, of His power. And you just want to catch as much as you can, like a funnel in a glass jar. And as you are reaching out, believing that you receive, as we pray for you, you will receive. And it will begin to fill up and it will begin to overflow. And when it begins to fill up and begins to overflow, a spiritual language will be given to you. And you take a step of faith, you open your mouth and you begin to speak out the spiritual language. Now it may come and start with a like that. Or it may start with a sometimes it's fine when it starts like that. But it moves on from that. You get languages. It might just start flowing like that, but you just let whatever comes out and just open your mouth, speak it out. Sometimes you need to take a breath. Sometimes you need to open your mouth. Sometimes you need to take a little step of faith. God's not going to grab your tongue and wag it. Okay, so communication is like a dance. It's like you, you yield and go with the flow with the Holy Spirit. And He will give you the language. you just kind of like, okay. Or, oh, Amen. Receive it like that. Are you ready? 
And if you if you got stuck somewhere along the way, you know, you got baptized in the spirit but got stuck with a ta-ta-ta, and you you want overflow, you haven't got the gifts flowing, you want those gifts flowing, you you reach out and receive a fresh touch from heaven right now as well. And we're going to come. The team's going to lead us in worship. We're going to cry out to God. I want you to understand something because sometimes we get this culture in churches where people come out the front thinking it's all about me. It's all about that person up the front. I'm just, I, I just, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I turn up here and I expect them to put their hands on me and, you know, they're going to do it all. It's not like that. You see, it's, it's a matter of each one of us reaching out to God. Each one of us, a cry coming from our heart. I cannot push the Holy Ghost into you, but I can lay my hands on you and you'll receive the Holy Spirit if you are pulling the Holy Spirit down. Understand? That's, there needs to be a hunger. There needs to be a, a belief that God is going to give it to you. Don't get, don't get focused and wrapped up in, in why God shouldn't give it to you. Don't, don't think like that. Don't think I'm not, just don't think like that. Just go, I need the Holy Spirit. I'm reaching out for the Holy Spirit. I'm asking God, give me the Holy Spirit. And let there be this passionate cry in your heart. Even for other facets of the flame, let there be a passionate cry from your heart. Because that's the ones God is going to touch. Amen. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.